When it comes to Christianity, there are certain people that are deemed untouchable. In the celebrity pastor world, you better not come anywhere near Stephen Furtick. If you have a slant towards the prosperity gospel, you do not attack Joel Osteen. If you're a huge fan of much of our modern worship music and the resurgence of the charismatic movement, you do not touch Bill Johnson. And if you self-identify as Reformed or Calvinist, you never, ever say anything negative about John MacArthur. But a story broke this weekend alleging gross mishandling by John MacArthur, his church, and his elders involving a family suffering from abuse at the hands of a man who was later convicted and is currently serving 21 years to life. Coming up, we're going to dive deep into this entire story, including an exclusive interview with the investigative journalist that broke this story. Insight from a social worker and more. Bruce Lawn. Abuse in the church, the overlap of divorce, church discipline. This is by far one of the most complicated uh, discussions to have many times today, and it could get really messy depending on where you are on this whole situation. So here are some of the facts that we know about this specific situation. David Gray was on staff at Grace Community Church, John MacArthur's church, from 1994 to 2001. Eileen Gray, his wife, finds out that he had been abusing one of their children on May 10th. Uh, June 1st, she files an order of protection against David Gray. He's still on staff at the church, as far as we know at this point. Trying to figure out how to navigate the situation, she doesn't feel safe in the home with David Gray. She is desiring some sort of reconciliation, to the best of our knowledge. And then she finally is fed up. And decides that she needs to take this to the elders of her church in June of 2001. So this is about a six-week window between all of this. And what happens next is is pretty interesting. I got to sit down for an exclusive interview with the investigative journalist that broke this entire story. Check out Julie Roy's timeline of events that she got directly from Eileen Gray. And so she comes to Grace Community Church and she wants help. She's like, my husband's abusing me. She said, he's abusing my children. Can you help me? Bill Shannon is the head of biblical counseling. According to her, he tells her she shouldn't have gone to authorities. She shouldn't have gotten this legal protection order. He quotes First Corinthians 7 saying she's not supposed to separate from her, from her husband. So this extreme view, it seems, of, again, according to her testimony, you can't separate from your husband for any reason. Did Eileen Gray really have no grounds for separating and divorcing from her husband? Stick to the end, because we're going to talk about it. But then a couple of days later, she comes to church, and then they have a meeting with uh, David Gray. It's then that the church says, okay, we're, we're going to provide a family for you in a place, Eileen, where you can stay till this uh, protection, order of protection goes goes into effect. But according to Eileen, part of the, the deal was, but you'll have to submit to biblical counseling with your husband. She wanted him to get professional help. That's what she wanted. But what they provided was biblical counseling with Terry Hardy. He's not a professional counselor. Eileen recorded these sessions. Carrie Hardy, in these sessions, was telling her that she should submit to abuse uh, by her husband and that she would model for the children how to suffer for Jesus by submitting to his abuse. Eileen refused, and these letters, she got a total of five letters 
from Grace Community Church telling her that she needed to drop the order of protection, allow her husband to come back into the home. That's what God wants. That was, that's what scripture says. That's her duty as a wife. That's her duty as a mother. And the best thing for her children is for her to allow David back. And she was like, no. And that was like the final straw where she was, I will not subject my children to the abuse of my husband. I want my husband to get professional counseling. And GCC, Grace Community Church, said no. That kind of counseling is worldly, it's wrong. John MacArthur and Grace Community Church's complete disregard for professional therapy and counseling is not a one-time event. Check out what my friend Matt Mateus, who's a social worker and actually lines up with John MacArthur's theology, had to say about this. It's pressured in his congregation to not go to therapy or not um, take any SSRIs for their uh, mental health issues. There's a gentleman who approached their leadership about this specific issue and actually ended up taking his life because of it. Uh, you know, being a social worker and hearing the, the, just their prejudice of the you know therapeutic world and how they have so much disdain for just modern medicine and things like that, I find that to be completely unbiblical. If you don't believe in the effectiveness of therapy and SSRIs, then these things will happen. I've been a social worker for almost a decade and I've seen people need these things and actually have complete life-altering balancing in their life because of SSRIs and therapy. Because they've taken this stance, um, I think this situation is only one of many that have already come out of the church. Grace Community Church is a massive church. I believe over 8,000 members. And we don't know how hands-on John MacArthur was with any of this stuff. This is being passed on to their biblical counseling department, and they're trying to deal with it. They're trying to do the best uh, with, with the information that we have. But what we do know is that in these sessions, these eight biblical counseling sessions that happened in 2001, at those sessions, David Gray confessed to physically abusing the children. And the person who went to biblical counseling is a mandated reporter and did not report this sort of abuse. Now, a mandated reporter, if you've worked in a nonprofit, if you've worked at a church, when you find out that there's abusive children, you are absolutely mandated to report those. He did not report those findings in those counseling sessions. And so what transpires next is a very bizarre timeline. She refuses to, to reconcile in this situation. Up to this point, she was open to it. She was trying to work through it, but she wanted them to get professional help. To her asking for her membership to be transferred, to them saying no, them writing multiple letters to her, her. And then finally, August 18th, so this is over a year from the initial order of protection in June 2001, and them starting counseling, doing eight sections of biblical counseling. In August 18th, at least one time, and this is, I'm going to show you guys the video, the church, and John MacArthur specifically, goes up and exhibits church discipline. She's in the crowd during this moment. The church bears responsibility before God to be the instrument of discipline. Setting her up as a person that's not willing to repent because she doesn't want to be in the same home as her abusive husband, and the church is the instrument of God to discipline people. The church discipline is about, it's not independent of the Lord. The Lord is the head of the church. He says in Matthew 18, when you do this, when you discipline, there am I in the midst of you. 
It's always a sad thing to do this, but this is bringing heaven down. This is what the Lord wants. He wants discipline. One of the forms of discipline that he uses is to be put out of the church, to be publicly shamed, to be put away from the fellowship. In this case, it applies to Eileen Gray. He says her name. This is in the middle of communion, I believe. He says her name, Eileen Gray Discipline. My husband David and Eileen have been in the church for many years. Not, some, not too long ago, really, Eileen decided to leave her husband to grant no grace to him at all. No grace to him at all. Sounds like her coming to the church and looking for some sort of reconciliation with some grace. Looking to get biblical counseling and therapy with some grace. To take the children to go away, to forsake him. Many, many of our pastors have been involved in this very tragic situation, which continues to throw accusations against her husband. Throw accusations against her husband. So now we have to do what the Bible says and put her out, treat her as if she's an unbeliever, for all we know she may well be. Treat her as if she's an unbeliever for all we know she might be. The joy of her salvation will be restored. Pray for David, for the sympathy, the compassion, and the loving kindness of God to be his portion. Let's sing Amazing Grace. And then they go into Amazing Grace. Eileen Gray transfers her membership back to her original home church over 500 miles away. She separates from her husband. She is going through with this. In the process of that, this is now we're going into 2002, 2003, she then finds out that the abuse that David was exhibiting was substantially worse than just physical. She instantly files a police report at this point, back in L.A., the police arrest David Gray. There's a grueling trial. There's multiple people, multiple victims that have to testify. And David Gray, a few years later, after the public shaming, David is actually convicted of child 2A and abuse and sentenced to 21 years to life in prison. He just had a parole hearing here in the last couple of days. At the end of this video, I'll tell you how that went. In the middle of this, David Gray seemingly takes up the position of being a minister and a missionary in jail. And we have allegedly letters of him sending people, I guess, to fundraise support with a quote from John MacArthur in these letters. Now, we don't know if they're real or not, but the letter says, Dear David, your steadfast faithfulness in the midst of such a difficult trial is truly um, a monument to the grace of God in your life. To hear of your steadfast faithfulness to the truth of Scripture in the face of such pre prevalent error. For now, however, you are our missionary to Kokoran State Prison. And we pray that the Lord will give your tremendous strength, overwhelming grace, and great patience to fulfill your mission. This is the narrative that David Gray has advanced, is that he is a missionary in the jail. 
he has been falsely accused by you know his wife who clearly can't be be believed the pastor bontanya had visited david in jail and had talked to other prisoners and he's like he's a model he's he's just a model jail inmate he's he's wonderful he's loving other people tell about how great he is and so his he started actually sending out newsletters uh from my understanding i'm i'm working on trying to verify those those will be in the follow-up piece but that's what you have is a newsletter where he has a quote from john MacArthur. can we trust that quote um it seems consistent with the way that grace community church has responded and there'll be more in the upcoming article about even how Grace uh, raised money to um, to get him out for bail, to pay for his defense, to you know some of these things. We know right now California is releasing all sorts of all sorts of criminals yeah. from the jails, right? I mean, they're trying to empty out the jails as much as they can. And so, if he can portray himself as a victim, if he can portray himself as a good guy, a model citizen. Um, He'll come out, and this is the scary part. Will he come out and be able to get a ministry position? Will people believe him? And this is, but this is what we've seen. It's what's happened in in the Southern Baptist Convention, right? We've seen this where pastors go from one place to another place to another, and they just keep abusing. And so that is the fear is that that might happen. David Gray is just one example of situations like this happening in the church where abuse is relegated against women and sometimes children and women aren't believed, victims aren't believed, and people continue to take this staunch role of you're not allowed to divorce your husband, separate from your husband, only in the case of abandonment and adultery. And so is that really the expectation? Is the expectation for women to stay in cycles of violence, to see their children abused, to experience abuse, and to what, suffer for Jesus? Is that what the scriptures teach? It seems like the elders at Grace Community Church and John MacArthur took a very literal stance against the idea of divorce in a situation like this. It begs the question, are Christian women required to stay in situations where theirs and their children's physical safety is at risk? Pastor Mike Winger put together a three-hour live stream about this topic of divorce. And what he said about abuse or extreme situations may shock John MacArthur and the elders at Grace Community Church. Radical danger or harm justifies separation and divorce. Have you not read when David, what David did when he was hungry and those who were with him? How he entered the house of God and he ate the bread of the presence, which it is not lawful for him to eat, nor for those who were with him, but only for the priests. So the principle seems to be, well, David's life is in danger. He's being chased by Saul. He needs food to continue on his journey and save his own life. And Jesus seems to be approving of his eating of the showbread, but there's a law against it because this is an exception to that law. Matthew 12 verses five through seven. Or have you not read in the law how on the Sabbath, the priests of the temple profane the Sabbath and are guiltless, right? Because they're laboring in the temple on the Sabbath. This is interesting, isn't it? Wait, they profane, but they're guiltless? And then he goes on to explain the principle they didn't understand. He says, I tell you something greater than the temple is here. And if you had known what this means, I desire mercy and not sacrifice. You would not have condemned the guiltless for the son of man is Lord of the Sabbath. When a woman leaves or flees or a guy because of abuse of themselves or of the children, and they have to get out of Dodge, 
to tell them that they are required to stay faithful to that marriage and to not divorce and to stick with that person, I think it condemns the guiltless. And I think that it's violating the God desires mercy and not sacrifice principle. Matthew 12, 11, it says, uh, which one of you has a sheep? If it falls into a pit on the Sabbath, we'll take hold of it and lift it out. And of course they would. They would all have done that. And then he goes on to say, of how much more value is the man than the sheep? The exception here is about human life and um, human health. And that's what the abuse issue is all about. According to Instone Brewer and Craig Keener, the Jews of the time would have assumed there were exceptions to any rule that Jesus had given. They would just assume there's other exceptions. And it's consistent with compassion. And probably, perhaps, that's what Paul meant when he says we're not enslaved. We're not talking about making marriage a slavery situation. It's not meant to be that. And so in such cases where marriage is becoming slavery, we are not enslaved. So this is not a, a flippant way to get out of a situation because you feel like it just isn't working out. That's not what he's saying here. We're specifically talking about abuse. Now, in terms of church discipline, I've had close friends to me that have divorced their wives with no grounds. Two close friends. This happened. And guess what? That was uncalled for, wrong, sinful, and they experienced church discipline. Okay? They were excommunicated from the church. It wasn't public the way John MacArthur did it, but they were like, hey, you're not under the leadership here. You need to leave. This is not what this is. This is a vulnerable woman with a woman with little, with little children that is attempting to protect her family and in exchange is shunned. And so what the facts are, or, or what the facts are, David Gray was on staff at the church. She brought it to the elders. They didn't feel like she had grounds to separate or divorce. And then they publicly shamed her a year later. And then after David Gray went through a grueling trial and was found guilty, they still refused to apologize. They still refused to make a comment about it, though multiple people, myself included, have reached out to the elders at Grace Community Church, reached out to uh, Grace Community Church itself, John MacArthur. They refused to make a comment about it. So, so let me make this very very, very, very clear. If you are in an abusive situation right now, your your children's lives is at risk. Your physical well-being is at risk. You, you have to know that that is not the will of God for your life. It is not the will of God for you to suffer unto Jesus and show an example to your children while they're physically being abused or you're physically being abused. That is not God's will. That is not God's heart. If you're in a situation where you are physically being abused, if you're in a situation where your children are being abused, get out. And it doesn't matter what a toxic church may say about this sort of stuff and how they may frame it and whatever. Get out of there. Get professional help. The reason why this is coming out now, by the way, is because now Eileen Gray's children are adults. Okay, so now she's she wants to come out and share this story. Furthermore, the reason why this is coming out is because David Gray just had a parole hearing, I believe two days ago. He was sentenced to 21 years to life for what he did here, and he just had a parole hearing. And thankfully, this was the result of the parole hearing. According to Eileen Gray, a parole board today denied David Gray David Gray's parole for 10 years. But at the hearing, the the board reportedly called David a sadistic predator who weaponized religion. My question to you guys is, what do you think the role of Grace Community Church, of some of these quote-unquote elders and biblical counselors, and John MacArthur is in this situation? Should today at the very least address it? 
Why not immediately repent and apologize to Eileen Gray after David Gray was found guilty and sentenced to 21 years to life, which is an unequivocal fact. This is public record. Why was this brushed under the rug? Why was there no responsibility taken? You're willing to publicly shame and excommunicate somebody, but you're not willing to step up and make it right when it's found out in court beyond a reasonable doubt that this man is guilty after he confessed to half of it in biblical counseling? We got to do better than this as a church. And by the way, if you think this behavior is, well, that's their grounds, if you, you might be a part of the problem. They're refusing to make a statement. They've had, week, they have over, they've had over a week to make a statement. I'm thankful uh, for the reporting of Julie Royce. You could check the link in the description and in the pinned comments if you guys want to read the entire article. You can also go and look at uh, Honest Youth Pastor, who did an entire breakdown in the timeline of all this. More specifically, it's a little longer. And there's apparently more coming out from Eileen Gray regarding this. Will John MacArthur, the pastors, the elders, who some of which have moved on, uh, make a statement about this? Will there be any repentance? Will there be any accountability? Unfortunately, I don't think so. Kingstream Entertainment. Bruce Lawn. Thank you so much for making it to the end of this video. Check out the links in the description for some additional resources, including a course I put together with my Christian therapist, a licensed Christian therapist named Dr. Rudy about freedom forming habits. There's also another video here uh, reacting to something John MacArthur said a couple years ago. You could check out here and my thoughts overall on some of his theology that I find unhelpful. Thank you guys so much for being here. Peace.